Gospel according to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the dominion of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave his debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, the Lord handed him over to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. So my Heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. The Easter Vigil is my favorite service of the church year. Now that should be no surprise to most of you who have experienced an Easter Vigil at Holy Trinity. But if you've never experienced an Easter Vigil, then there are a few things to explain. We begin outside around a roaring fire. And then the assembly moves and follows the pillar of fire, the paschal candle, into a darkened sanctuary. By candlelight, we sing a prayer of thanks to God. And then comes the best part, in my opinion. As if sitting by a campfire with longtime friends, we tell ancient stories from scripture, seven of them. That's right, I said seven. Seven stories from scripture that tell of God's saving work throughout history. Now at Holy Trinity, we take some liberty in how we tell those stories. We don't simply read them, we play with them, telling the old stories in a new and creative way, and sometimes even a humorous way. We often read only five, but the one story that must always be proclaimed that night is today's miraculous story from Exodus. The Exodus, or crossing the Red Sea, is a central story to Jews, Muslims, and Christians 
that shows God's power to liberate people and lead them to freedom. After the tenth and final plague in Egypt, when the, is, when the angel of death passes over the homes of the Hebrew slaves, they are finally freed from Pharaoh's grip, and Moses and his people leave Egypt and head toward the promised land. But soon after they leave, Pharaoh changes his mind and calls for an army of soldiers and their horses and chariots to pursue them. The former slaves don't get too far before they encounter a sea in front of them and Pharaoh's army coming close behind. These newly freed people of God find themselves trapped by dangerous waters in front and dangerous chariots behind. Their way out is unclear. It's hidden. What will they do? Going back or going forward both seem like a way of death. Yet this story is about an exodus, a way out, which is exactly what exodus means. And we've all been there between a rock and a hard place where it seems like there's no way out. A job loss. Where is the way out? A failed marriage. Where is the way out? Cancer, illness, stroke, hemorrhages. Where is the way out? And in these last six months, a pandemic. How will we get out of this? A broken system that for hundreds of years has prioritized one race over others. And we ask, where is the way out? In the verses just prior to today's reading, Moses tells the people who are grumbling, do not be afraid. Stand firm and witness the deliverance that the Lord will provide for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Witness the deliverance which the Lord will accomplish for you today. In other words, just watch. God will provide a way out. And God does. The land is dried up and they walk safely toward the promised land. And Pharaoh's army is finally, once and for all, defeated. The Exodus story is miraculous, but it's also violent. It is victorious, but also deadly. It is the final act of liberation for the Israelites, but why is this story central to our story as Christians? At the vigil, we don't just read this story of liberation. We sing it. We clap and rejoice as if we're Miriam and all of Israel rejoicing in the mighty act that God has accomplished. A cantor stands right here and sings the verses of scripture, and then she invites us all to tell the story with her and sing about God's triumph in a celebratory way. Sing a song of freedom. God has won the victory. Horse and chariot are cast into the sea. Israel's exodus from slavery to freedom is not just a story to be remembered like a history lesson, 
another war story told by the victors. As the story is told around Shabbat tables, at Jewish Shabbat tables, or at the Easter vigil for Christians, the exodus is happening now. We are being led by God's pillar of fire to freedom and new life. The word exodus also means passage. And the Israelites passed from an old way of life to a new way of life as they crossed the sea on dry land. As Christians, we celebrate our exodus, or passage, from death to life in the sacrament of baptism. In Christian baptism, we claim that we go into the baptismal waters to die like Christ, die to our old selves, die to our oppressive agendas. And like the Egyptians, we die in those waters. But we come out of the water into new life, a life that mirrors Christ's own, new life that by the power of the Holy Spirit would have us cling to the will of God so that all people would flourish and have life in abundance here and now. Our exodus into new life is more than just a photo op that helps us remember the day that we gathered around the font around a dripping wet baby. Though I really do love holding those babies and look forward to the time again when I get to do baptisms. But our exodus from old to new, from death to life, is lived on and on each day as we continue to, call, to follow God's call for liberation, the liberation of all people. Passing through the Red Sea to freedom and passing through the waters of baptism to new life promise a way out in the midst of crippling bondage, a way out when it seems like there is none. This Red Sea Exodus story is about a people, a nation of slaves liberated from oppression. And even though some say to keep politics out of religion, we simply can't because politics has always been a part of life, even for the Israelites long ago. This is a political story too. Political because those in charge were used, those in charge used the poor and disadvantaged for gain. It's political because when those at the top use those at the bottom at their disposal, it shows how sinful our political systems are. An African-American writer said that this passage is so important for the African-American community because it is connected with the Exodus story so closely. And because God is on the side of the stateless, the homeless, the unarmed, the powerless, the marginalized, the oppressed. We who have been set free sing a song of freedom because God has won the victory for all. But as we sing our songs, can we also hear the cries of God who weeps over the death of the oppressor? An old rabbinical tale speculates about what was happening in heaven 
as the miracle occurred. It says that angels were rejoicing with shouts of joy, but God said, no. Why are you singing when my creatures are drowning in the sea? In this Jewish interpretation of the Exodus, we see a God who frees the oppressed and weeps over the death of the oppressor. We have all, all been set free to sing a song of freedom because God has won the victory for all. We worship a God at the festive Easter vigil or in these ordinary yet extraordinary times in our home, a God whose heart beats for the suffering and marginalized, but also extends to the influential and the privileged. And it is by God's grace alone that we are free, free to live a new life in Christ, reborn every day in the waters of baptism, in God's love and mercy for the world.